The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about B2B marketing using events. Joining us today is Ike Singal Kehal, who is the CEO of Social27, which is a virtual event platform that helps businesses connect with potential clients, provide marketing opportunities, and scout partnerships without all the hassle. Yesterday, Ike and I talked about how you can understand your B2B customer needs. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about events and specifically about leveraging sponsors in events. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Ike Singh Kihal, the CEO of Social27. Ike, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me over. Excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation. You know, yesterday we talked about the difference between B2B and B2C and specifically how you can have a lot of constituents that you need to market to. It's not just finding the marketers, it's understanding what the engineering and the privacy and the legal teams and the executive buyers needs and then not everybody's in market. And finally, when somebody does raise their hand, how do you convert their needs into them actually becoming a customer? You focus specifically on events, which is an interesting tactic to me because it can serve as a top of funnel marketing channel to meet new people. It can serve as a nurture campaign, and it can also be an effective way to actually get somebody over the hump and have them be a customer. Talk to me about your strategy for events. Where do you think they live primarily? What's the purpose of B2B marketing events? Events, for the most part, have lived at the top of the funnel. In most cases, events are an email list generator which is, you know what, here's all the people who registered at the event. And in some way or form, I have asked them for permission to email them, which is part of the fine print somewhere. Here's the email list, and they call it an MQL. And then they start a drip campaign with Marketo or whatever it be, three months. And if the customer clicks on one of those ebook links, somebody associated with that ebook, cybersecurity salesperson gives them a call. That's how it always has been. The way we think about events is a little different. We think that events are the only time when your customer is actually out in the open. And this is the time when they walk in into a venue, digital or in person. And this is the time when they actually give you their time. And they are out in the open making so many actions, which in the past and even in many cases today have not been captured. So the biggest treasure trove of customer intent data 
which has never been mined properly, is where events are. And our single goal is to give the best insights from events in person or virtual hybrid, whatever it be. The goal is to really understand the different actions that attendee makes at the event, right from the content that they watch, the engagement with that content, the people they connect with, the documents they download, everything they do inside the event, helping them do that better so that they have an amazing experience. But then on the other side, using that data to really understand their intent. So I think we personally think of events as the biggest accelerator of the sales cycle versus just being an email list generator. Yeah, it's interesting. I agree with you that it's not just about understanding who is at the event so you can market to them. It, the experience at the event generally should raise impulse, raise awareness of the products and services that are discussed at the event, but you don't always know exactly which products or services somebody is interested or engaged with. I think events are interesting because there's actually more data that can be collected and used than just, hey, somebody signed up, I got their email address. Talk to me about the data you can gather. What are some of the smart marketers doing with event data? So again, as I mentioned earlier, the event is a time when your customer is giving you tons and tons of signals in a very short period of time. So the way we work with our customers on this one is that, first of all, we have first-party data, which is the data from their registration plus all the different actions that they take inside the event environment. So that is the first party data, which helps our system to give them recommendations and make their experience better. Then we marry that with second party data, which could be from, for example, the CRM of the customer, right? The event company that we're working, the event owner that we're working with. And then we have third party data that can also be added to that, which could be essentially from firmographic or demographic data from third party sources. So when we pull all this data together, we get a very accurate attendee graph, which really goes deep into the understanding of what this person wants and what this person is interested in and maybe is in the market for. So all those things put together create the best recommendations for that individual because now we know what they're looking for and we recommend to them content, the people they should connect with, and also the solution they should look for in the expo area with sponsors and exhibitors. But on the other side of that same coin is the prediction engine, which then is able to predict out of those 5,000 people at this event, who are the 50 who actually have the highest propensity to do something in this particular area of interest. So then again, it's a kind of win-win on both sides where the attendee gets an amazingly personalized experience, kind of like a Spotify kind of experience. And then the event owner really gets to understand what each of those individuals want and craft the right solution for them. Events are a great way to not only understand who is interested in a broad topic. If you're showing up at the MarTech conference, you're interested in learning about MarTech, but you can understand what specific verticals someone is interested in based on what sessions they attend. You also can potentially understand who they're exposed to at the event there's some badging and sort of proximity solutions that are out there to basically help you understand networking as well. So there's the idea of, well, event attendees work with other event attendees. They also are exposed to sponsors. Talk to me about how you can leverage sponsors in your event. Certainly. So I think sponsors and exhibitors have been a very big part of the event industry overall. I mean, in many cases, they actually help you pay for your events. And again, being in the B2B space, this is a great opportunity for companies to sponsor other events and get access to that audience, right? So it's a good ecosystem overall. 
virtual events in the last year and a half have been a very big damper for a lot of sponsors and exhibitors because they feel that a lot of the events that happened were pretty much just about getting the content out there and they were kind of sidelined. So I've heard and talked to so many sponsors and exhibitors out there who are frustrated with the experience that they've been having with virtual events. The way we think about sponsors and exhibitors is a very clear strategy around the three pillars of any event success. The first one certainly is your content, right? People are there to listen to the sharpest minds in their industry and the best people. Then as soon as they hear that content, they're looking to then discuss that and share their ideas around that content with others inside the environment. That's called networking. But once they have established a better sense of the knowledge area, then the immediate thing everybody's looking for is, okay, well, who are the vendors or solutions and services in this particular area that I can actually use now and further my goals in this area? So these three aspects, the content, the networking, and the solutions slash the sponsors and exhibitors, it's not an either or. They all have to be orchestrated really, really well to create real value inside any event. So for us, our focus is very much on the sponsor and exhibitor portion where we actually are able to embed their solutions throughout the experience versus it kind of being like a used car lot like it is in a lot of events where you don't want to go because if you just look at them in the eye, they're going to come and grab you. Like that is not the experience. The goal is to understand my attendee really well so that we give them the right recommendations from that sponsor side, right? It's not a whole slew of hundreds of them. That's the first thing. Secondly, I always talk about the whole concept of it's not like buyers don't want to buy. They do want to buy, but they don't want to kiss a hundred frogs to find the prince or the princess, right? So if I have enough information on the buyer's intent and I already know a lot about the seller, I will make those right matches, the relevant matches, right? And that is where hopefully they don't have to kiss more than three or four frogs in the process. So the goal is to really create the best possible matches between both these parties who do want to interact, do want to do business, but there's this big cliff that they're standing on this big valley in the middle. So like, I just got to fill that up, you know, and make sure that they have a bridge to get to the right people. I always felt like there should be an event where the sponsors get shock collars. And if they come out of their booth, then they get shocked. <laughs> Everybody's had this experience where you go to a conference and you're walking through the hall and you're looking and you're just trying to see what's in the booth. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, how are you? Can I scan your badge? I want to email you yes. 75 times over the next three weeks to try to drive you to buy something that, by the way, isn't something you're interested in or would even remotely be able to be qualified to buy. We've all had that experience. Talk to me about what makes the events that Social 27 puts on different and a more positive experience for not only vendors, but also for the attendees. So I think both the parties are good people, the attendees and the very aggressive sponsor exhibitor person. When I think about sponsors, again, I've exhibited at so many events. The problem is that you don't know who among those thousands of people in here is your buyer and or the most relevant buyer for you. And that is the reason why you have to do this whole spray and pray kind of a situation, right? Nobody wants to do that. It breaks your spirit. Every third person you talk to, you get rejected. So, I mean, after you exhibit at an event, you feel really bad after like a couple of days of getting rejected a thousand times. The point is, what we do is, again, really understand the intent of the attendees and use that intent to give them recommendations, which is personalizing the experience for them, just like Spotify would personalize your music experience for you. But then as part of this experience, they do get recommendations, not just on content and other people they should network with, but also on solutions from the exhibit area. And that way they feel it's a more organic approach versus like, let me just throw you in the middle of the sharks and see you know, if you can save yourself. So it's an organic way 
or being able to embed the right solution in the right frame so that they are introduced to it in that way. On the other side, I do understand if you're a sponsor exhibitor, you do also want to not wait for them to come to you, also want to find ways to get to them. And so we do have a lot of tools which really help you narrow down the people that you really should talk to. So when and why, right? The whole point is, okay, here's the 50 people I should talk to out of those 5,000, but why? And what did they do in here that makes them relevant to me? We give all that information to exhibitor and sponsor in real time during the event itself. We give them a lot of information on what this criteria uh, the seller is looking for. And at that stage, the message that they are able to send to that buyer is a relevant message. And in most cases, it makes sense. And they get that meeting with them inside the event itself versus just, again, sending generic messages which don't land anywhere. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. You know, we talked about this yesterday when we talked about understanding your B2B customers' needs. And B2B is all about targeting, finding the right company, somebody that's your ICP, understanding what the context is and what their pain points are. And even in marketing channels like working in events, what matters is the targeting. And whether it's a data solution that helps you connect with the right person, even down to if you're going to spray and pray and talk to everyone at a given event, you have to understand and recognize when you're in front of your customers to make sure that you put your best put, best foot forward. So part of the problem here with events is a filtering process, understanding who someone is. And to me, this is something that could have been or can be solved with, I don't know, if a digital or a regular fidelity some sort of a badge which has color coding of like blue is interested in B2B solutions, red is in market, you know, some sort of a color coding to help the vendors understanding what somebody's intent is. And it's the same thing as like a dating profile. I'm interested in long-term relationships. I'm just looking for a one night thing. I'm in it for love. You know, <laughs> being able to broadcast where you are helps the marketers understand how to put their best foot forward and pay attention to your needs. 
Have you at Social 27 put any thought into helping the attendees broadcast what their signal is and what their intent is for showing up at an event? Absolutely. So there's two parts to it. And again, I mean, great example, the dating example you just gave right now, Ben. So we actually have something coming up, which we're going to be announcing very soon. I'll be more than happy to talk about it today, which is our speed networking feature. Tinder for B2B marketers. There you go. So, you know, so it's all about buyer expressing intent and saying, look, I'm in the market for, you know, a working from home solution, which is HIPAA compliant because I'm in the healthcare industry. So, you know what, curate me 10 dates slash matches among your exhibitors and sponsors. And you know what, I would love to do a three minute quick date with them. So that is a product which, again, came out of our conversations with our customers where they felt that, you know what, we used to do introductions, curated introductions, you know, at our events, but not able to do that anymore. How can you help us? So that is that curated introduction part of things where you can have these virtual meetings. But then on the other side, we have the ability for anyone inside the environment, the event owner, to really go inside. Again, I'll take the example of Spotify, right? So Spotify, what it does for you is very clear. You won't listen to music. That's why you came there. In the same way as you're talking about, I'm interested in marketing technology, so I came to this event. But the next thing is you can choose your music genres that you're interested in. And then you are able to listen to some content and based upon your behavior and 50 other people who are very similar to you, we give you recommendations. So that helps to, for you to weed through that noise. But then what we also do is something, again, I'm going to take an example of a B2C product like Instagram or TikTok. We have something called Hello World. So in most cases, when you go to events, you've got the average LinkedIn picture of that person, which might have been taken in a studio a few years ago, but that doesn't tell you anything. It's Ben who works you know, in a particular marketing technology focused podcast, and this is his picture. That is great, but it's, that's a point in time or generic. Hello World, what it does is it just regularly uses your camera and your microphone that you've been using for the last one year doing Zoom calls. Just, hi, tell the world, why are you at this event? What are you looking for? So that Hello World videos are essentially like people kind of go and discover other people with those hashtags and they're able to really hone down on that individual and or group of individuals where they feel the most synergy. So it kind of humanizes the whole thing. It's kind of like a video handshake when you'll meet somebody at an event and say, hey, what do you guys do? And that is done through this format. People talk to me about, oh, virtual events are great, all that good stuff, but everybody's got Zoom fatigue right now and like nobody wants to watch this stuff anymore. But I always ask them the same thing, like, have you ever heard about TikTok fatigue or Instagram fatigue and or Netflix fatigue? People watch content all the time, all day. The problem is not digital content. The problem is you have to make relevant content and the right format for online. So having these introductions, the hello worlds and so forth kind of gives people that very quick way of being able to really kind of meet people and then see who of them do they want to really spend time with. So those are, again, the few different ways of how we kind of bring in the so-called consumer experiences that we all use and love every day into the event environment to really kind of break that ice between people. So I guess the last question I have for you is, who are the people that you think benefit the most from running events? And if they're interested, how can they find more information about you and your company? So I think in today's world, the person who runs an event is not just the event marketer anymore. We are talking to sales and marketing teams across all of our customers because of how we actually position ourselves in the sales cycle. It's not just the beginning of the funnel. It's actually going a lot into it. So I think certainly I would love to talk to people who are on the sales side, the event side, but also on the marketing side and how we can help them accelerate their sales cycle. I think that is a key thing that I would love to talk to people about. And then, yes, I think that our LinkedIn page is the best place to find myself and or other people from my team to uh, start that dialogue and even check out some of the things that we put out there. 
All right, Ike, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about event marketing. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you so much, Benjamin. It was a pleasure. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Ike Singh Kihal, the CEO of Social27, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Ike, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Ike Singh, I-K-E-S-I-N-G-H. Or you could visit his company's website, which is social27, that's S-O-C-I-A-L, the number two, the number seven, dot com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests, you can subscribe to our once a week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.